When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Thank you for listening to Knocking Doors Down, brought to you by KDD Media Company. I couldn't even like have a conversation about money with her about mm-hmm. anything. You know, I didn't want to tell her. I mean, we lived together and at the time I was paying almost most of the bills and Because as a woman, society tells us the man has to take care of us. Inside the 5150 Studios, this is the Knocking Doors Down podcast about those who have been through great adversities, including mental health issues and addiction issues, come out on the other side to live prosperous lives. My name is Jason. I'm your host. I've had some of those issues, as has my co-host, Uncle Mikey. What is going on, people? Our guest this week, Mark Gant and his lovely wife, Brianne Davis. We are having her back, but uh, we're talking to a couple that uh, was in a re- their relationship and uh, went into re- recovery for different issues at the same time and it's made their relationship better so this is really insightful conversation and hilarious what just a delightful couple don't forget to check out brianne's podcast secret life it's all about true confessions of love sex money food addiction and hidden taboo topics often hilarious uplifting and hopeful new episodes every monday from brianne herself i've been on the podcast people share their deepest darkest heartbreaking and even silly secrets i'm one of the guests of the eclectic group and there's so many other awesome guests that of course have been on her podcast you can click the link in the podcast description and check it out now and don't forget Brianne's best-selling book secret life of a hollywood sex and love addict i did it on audible i like the audiobooks but you can also get the uh, digital form and of course a physical copy link is also in the podcast description And uh, we thank you guys for listening on Apple Podcast app and Spotify, where you can now leave us a rating and review on both of those apps as well. We're, of course, on Google Podcast, pretty much every podcast app out there so you can get us. And uh, you can also go to our YouTube channel, check out short clips and join the uh, premium channel, 99 cents a month for the unedited commercial free interviews. If you're a visual person like myself. That's right. So all the interviews of the uh, past episodes and this one are currently up there for your viewing if you join and there's also clips from the videos as well so hey check it out and of course check out 5150 ltm we couldn't do any of this without them could we uncle mikey we could not the 5150 LTM lifestyle brands, hats, shirts, t-shirts, sweatshirts, sweatpants. I got some cool camouflage one because you know I like my camo and so much more. So, hey, hit that link in the podcast description. Get yourself 20% off for being a listener of the podcast. How, Jason? Use the code KDD20. That's KDD20. 
and that's all you got to do. Twenty percent off. Sick. What? We'll get into the podcast. I'm gonna yeah. ask. Oh, it's fine. Time. The cameras are rolling. I mean, no, I like to. I yeah. think it's a good place to start. Yeah, Just you joking. should start there. <clears throat> okay, so apparently I have a sex addiction, <laughs> and um, hopefully my mom's not watching this. Well, not necessarily. I think she still it doesn't necessarily indicate a sex addiction. Just men and women manifest sex and love addiction differently. Well, not really. Sometimes we do it the same, but the thing is, like, we get we confuse sex with intimacy. We have trouble connecting it. You know, especially if you come from the past and you've watched too much porn, then you're even more disconnected from your sexuality and intimacy with someone. So it doesn't mean you're a sex addict. It means you have trouble connecting your intimacy with your sexuality. So my question is, what? how do I know the difference between a sex addiction and me just enjoying sex? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Well, it's it's a couple of things. That's the complication of the. It's right. such a complicated disease because you can be addicted to one specific person mm-hmm. and use your sexuality for manipulation and control, mm-hmm. or trying to connect with them but not actually connecting with them, playing a role. Right. Mm-hmm. And yes, I enjoy sex. He. Everybody enjoys sex. You're supposed to enjoy sex. It's when you have negative things attached to it. For Mm -hmm. me, it's like power, control, manipulation, not living in reality, wanting to live in fantasy, Mm -hmm. putting like my needs on someone else to fulfill me. So it's all that. And then if if you can't put it down, like if you have to masturbate when you have a feeling, if you have to look at porn because you have a feeling, if you have to go be intimate with your partner or go you know, swipe left and right for attention, get on Instagram, look for likes, validation, and you can't stop. See, I don't have that. I don't feel like, oh, shit, I need to masturbate right now. Like, <laughs> fuck, I need to go. It's not like that. Okay. So, and same with porn. Like, I mean, I don't I don't know. I've never really, porn, I've watched porn, obviously, everybody has, but it's not, it's not like Compulsive. I cannot wait to get home to watch There's porn not a compulsion. and punch the clown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I think, that, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I would definitely say that it, the compulsion of it is like, that. that's a factor into mm-hmm. the, all the addictions. I mean, right. I, you know, dealing with money, some people say that, you know, it's like a shopping thing. If like, mm-hmm. I have, you know, I can't have credit cards. Other people have problems with money, but credit cards aren't a problem for them. Like right. they can pay them off every month. They don't have any things, but they don't buy anything for themselves. Sure. They right. look at themselves like they don't, they're not worthy. And it's a compulsion, the compulsion, I think, which yeah. for each. It's so, that's the complicated, like with drugs and alcohol, you just don't do it. Right. Yeah. But sex, love, money, all that stuff, you have to still have a part eating, of your, right. you know, eating yeah. part of your life. But it's like, where do I go not to feel my feelings? Right. Do I turn to my partner to fix me, to to be my soulmate, to give me my worth? I that's a problem. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Or validation. <laughs> or yeah, validation. Yeah, exactly. Right. Or to put me in a better mood. And then it's like, then is he too codependent on my mood? Like, does my mood affect him? And mm-hmm. that's part of the love addiction. Like, are you picking people that you take on their personality, their moods? Right? Or if they're not available, do you feel depleted and worthless? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just so complicated. And I think that's why a lot of our society doesn't want to look at it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not like, hey, you go have one night stands, you cheat on your partner, you are constantly looking for the next person. I've never had a one night stand I at all. I haven't had many sexual partners and that still makes me a sex addict. Right. Yeah, you should listen to her book. <laughs> 
Yeah. You'll get some of it in there. I think I've probably figured out kind of who is you and who isn't in it because it is fictitious, but it's great. Because that's what you would think. That's a stereotype with like a sex addict, one night stands, just banging any random person off the street. Like that would be the stereotype, but that's not the case. No, that's why I came out. That's why we together made a decision to break my anonymity. Well, I broke it. He suggested it. Well, yeah, I was supporting it. You were supporting it. it. Yeah. Could be, well, what was happening, we were creating this show about sex, women, sex, and love addicts mm-hmm. with our friend Jana Kramer. And what was happening is we were, the narrative that was going out there wasn't the actual truth. Mm-hmm. It was more stereotypical. Typical? Yeah, and it's more men are, you know, the sex addicts and, you know, the women aren't involved, you know, aren't, you know, there's, there's not that many women. Oh, they're, they're sluts and they're this and it's like. Instead of the school teacher down the street. Yeah. Or the CEO woman or the janitor, like women are sex and love addicts. And so we wanted to change that narrative because every time somebody thinks about it, they think about a guy cheating, getting caught with his wife, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. Or. Yeah. porn or whatever yeah and i had enough recovery after 10 years and we're in a really good place mm-hmm. i don't advise anybody if they're getting sober and sex and love addiction to go out into the world and say i'm a sex and love addict right. because yeah. there's so much stigma and shame plus there's a lot of healing as a couple that we have to do yeah, yeah. and you are going through your program at the same time yeah. which is i like the reason that i really you know wanted to talk with you both in person because you had suggested we were talking like oh have mark come down i'm like what if we both talk because it's such a compelling thing I think you know we've had like I was saying couples on that they met you know after recovery you know through the process but for you you were already in recovery but then fell in love with someone that had yet to confront the sex and love addiction yeah and it was so interesting in the beginning too there was you know I had this spirituality I had this Mm -hmm. program and I had sort of this I remember her going you know at, that first was like, why do you still go to meetings? Like after yeah, you all have this 21 time, years of, it was yeah. 21 years at yeah, that something time. Like 20, yeah. And, um, and then it was, well, wait, how come you're doing this every week or however many times a week I was doing it to, to kind of almost a jealous that like, I did, I this, got like jealous. group of, you know, people that I was so intimate with on a, you know, but that's the love addiction. Like I felt insecure that he was close to other people. Mm, right. right. Like here's my partner. We were all, we were always together. We are in business together and he would go to these men's groups and groups and have all these people that I didn't know. And it was making me really jealous. Mm-hmm. What about if he had female coworkers, friends? Oh, well, she sort of like snipped that in, like early on in our relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I was. He was inappropriate. Come on. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I just thought it was like, you know, just a, a healthy flirting. flirting you know, there's flirt. like it's, you know, it's. My dad's that way. My mom never really cared, but my dad's very flirtatious with people. So I get it. Yeah. Get and and so in my mind at the time, it was like, I'm just being, you know, just sweet to some random person in my acting class. Let me just give her a massage or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. And once well, we started dating. sweet. Like, let's, That's let's go we into it a little dating. more. We weren't dating at that time, but I would see no, yeah, yeah. him massaging yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like a that woman. Would, exactly. It was like oh, right okay. And I'd be like, who is this player? Like, I'm not like, uh uh-huh. Exactly. And then once we started to date, like, at one point she turned around and somebody was giving me a massage in class this girl was giving me a massage in class she was like and the look on her face was like oh I'm gonna kill her I'm, I'm gonna, gonna cut her, her in the <laughs> face <laughs> like not in the back but in the yeah, face she's like it's very inappropriate for her to do that I'm like it's no big it wasn't really a big I get it I get you know what sure, I mean yeah. but really all it, for me it was like 
the reason I and I, you know, I've looked at it now is, you know, I gave away my sexuality all the time uh-huh. because I was just, I wanted that attention, I wanted that affection, mm-hmm. I needed that as, you know, as an addict, I wanted to be loved, I wanted that kind of thing, and so I had an acting teacher in, in the same school who would say to me all the time, he's like. He's like, you know, you're just giving it away. So by the time you get to class to do a scene or when you're on set shooting, you've already like, you know, been gave it away to like five girls on the way into the classroom, right. flirting with them, doing this whole thing. And then yeah. when it's time to like really be vulnerable and, and you know, um, intimate, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. Because you're giving it away for free. I'm giving it away for free all yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because you walk I'm like, around please, the world please, please, right. having people like fill you, yeah. give your energy, then when you get with your loved ones, you don't have anything to give anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You're giving yeah. it out. Yeah. 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 That, I can relate to that very much where I was like, oh, that's in it. Ironically, though, the person that would take it out on me then would go and hang like the silver rock stars or whatever else it was. But, but wait, no, my friend that I've known for 20 years that I get, oh, tough day, you know. But that, again, that's not owning my own shit. doesn't matter but about I other was doing it, behavior. But I will own up. Like, I was the biggest flirt. It yeah. was just incognito because sure. I love secrets and lies. So I would, like, <clears throat> flirt where no one could see it. I wasn't blatantly obvious. Mm. So it was, like, this bigger secret that I had to look at, like, where I have like one foot in the door and one foot out. Right, right. So in our relationship, oh, we've been together, what, 17 years mm, now? Coming up. Yeah. So he hit a bottom and I hit a bottom. And it was at the exact yeah. same time. Exact same time, two really? different exact same time. addictions. And uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy. It was. Well, His is in money and mine is in sex and love. Like really? The two things that like people murder people over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So in, in addition to the NAAA, you had some issues with money, too. Yeah. So for me. Wow. I didn't yeah, know that. So for me, yeah, it was 2009, like. 2009, right? 2009, yeah, is when it started. When I, Well, not when it started. It was when I sort of had this realization that something was going on because I was literally. At the top of your game. Yeah. I was at the top of my career. I had like. The, I'd worked so hard and in my mind always was I just needed to like get the break you know mm-hmm. I needed the big check I needed to get the next thing like that as soon as I got that then I'd be happy and then but I'd that's be, what everybody thinks yeah, yeah yeah and so for me it was always this this idea that that okay well the money and the debt and you know like credit card like you know all that's it's it's fine I'm gonna pay it off as mm-hmm. soon as like dad I'll pay you back as soon as I can you know sure. get this thing and and I just and it was all that was happening so I'm on the outside I'm literally at the top of my game Shooting a show for Sony. He's leading. Yeah, he something I wrote, it. I created, like, you know, I produced it, and, like, this... I'm laughing. Yeah, it's like a million dollar thing. Life. Yeah, and at the same time, you know, Brianne and I are, like, just butting heads. It's just mm-hmm. like, the, the bigger my life was, the more she was getting jealous, the more she was, mm-hmm. you know, needing, getting more needy and more attention and, like, mm-hmm. like angry with everything I was doing and she was in the project but it didn't matter you know and and I was shooting prom night and yeah. doing my thing yeah. so it's not like I was at home like no, no. Yeah. like it was just this we collided at the same time and it's like he's at the height and then you can tell him about being at the did you want to tell him about being at the yeah yeah at the uh, yeah, yeah. yeah the thing the thing so so like so for so in I guess it was, was it, I think it was 2010 is when that happened. So the first year though, from 2009 is when I realized, wow, like I can see the money thing. And I'd heard it in an AA meeting, somebody was talking about the abundance in her life, the change, all this stuff. And she said this, her relationship was different. Everything was great. And then, you know, they said time's up and she's like, okay, thank you. Oh, I just want to say like, I owe my life to Debtors Anonymous. Thank you. You know, and that was, I was like, after the meeting, I was like, 
beeline to her. I was like, what does that mean? What is, I've never even, 20 years in the program, I've never heard of debtors of And anonymous. you've never heard of SLAW. Yeah, I never heard of Sex and Love Addicts and Anonymous or anything. And um, so she explained it to me. She's like, there's a meeting Saturday. Do you want to go? So I went and I was like, oh, I heard my story. I heard, you know, much like I've heard in Al-Anon. Like there's these stories I'm hearing, the, the, these people that have, you know, don't have the proper relationship with money. They don't know how to talk about money. It gets uncomfortable. They don't feel, you know, whatever. And so that for a full year, you know, I did the, this project. I got this huge paycheck. I was like, put money towards my debt. I put money towards, the, towards like my current bills and then for the future. And then I stopped going to meetings and all I did is just every day, just check Make Up America and just watch my account go down, down and down and down until this moment where I'm like, <laughs> you know, again, top of my game in, in Banff in Canada, like on this panel talking about my awesome show and how awesome I am and how I've created this thing. I have $35 in my bank account. I have no idea how I'm gonna pay for like, they pay for the trip and this stuff, but I have no idea I'm gonna pay for dinner or anything. And she calls, calls, calls me call. and says, you know, there's a, why are we getting a three day notice on our door? We have to pay oh, the rent. Shit. And the water's off. Did you not pay the bill? And like my world is just crashing down around me, like and I'm, and I said, yeah, no, I yeah, I, I didn't pay the rent. And this is the first year of my recovery in second yeah. love addiction. So you'd already. So had I'm a crying year. every day for nine months. Yeah, right. I didn't work for the first year of my recovery because I, I couldn't go that. into mm-hmm. a job and be a different person when I didn't even have myself. So if you can imagine coming home and like already being like crawling out of your skin taken away any reason to act out. The water's off, you can't wipe the tears away. (laughs) (laughs) But it was this moment where it was like, do we do this together? Right. Or do we go our separate ways? And the thing is we made a pack, like if we have to get healthy and we have to let go of each other, then we were gonna do that. Mm -hmm. Like we were willing to walk away from each other. But then we, I also realized like, if I don't deal with this now with someone I love and care about as much as I could love and care about anybody at that moment, that was a, I would want to be friends with, then I was going to do it with the next person. Right. Yeah. And he knew that he was going to do it with the next person. So it was like, we just stuck it out. And it was brutal, brutal. <laughs> that sounds really fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. You guys are uh, so glad we're not there. <laughs> no, I well, no, I mean, I I would have probably say I've been there, yeah. but it uh, went the other way. Yeah, it wasn't someone sticking by. It wasn't someone that when they you know genuinely loved you know yeah. so or that probably, I genuinely loved in reality either. So and we knew we couldn't fix it for each other. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't try to fix it. He wasn't allowed to comfort me when I was crying. Mm-hmm. That was a big rule. Like if I'm crying, you can't come and ask me. Really. Oh yeah, it was a huge rule. He wasn't allowed to fix it at all for me. And I'm sure that's hard for you as a partner too, seeing her cry. You want to go give her a yeah. hug and help yeah, her. I want to tell her that everything's gonna be fine. Sure. And like you know, you're not, yeah, I love you. It's not that bad. You're you know, you're a great person. You're yeah, you know, but all that kind of stuff. But it literally had to just you know allow her to have this surrender, this breakdown. Right. You know, we. I mean, it's, it's so interesting. And I could have given him money. Yeah. Because I'm a hoarder of money. I yeah. have lots of money. Like, <laughs> I could give him money and it can fix his problem. Right, right. But, but that, that's not the problem. That's not right. the problem. You know, just, right. just right. like being in a relationship isn't going to fix it for her. Or yeah. being in a, you know, somebody in a committed relationship that didn't fix it for her, you know. Mm-hmm. So we just literally had to have our sand in the feet, stand next to each other, and watch each other 
in our growth and not be able to fix, contribute, do any of that. Yeah. Yeah. It was it, crazy. It was. I look back at I mean, now it's it's like our life is completely different. I mean, it's it's a 180. It's like a, yeah. it's it's a different thing in the and the communication that we have now. And I mean, I couldn't even like have a conversation about money with her about mm-hmm. anything. You know, I didn't want to tell her. I mean, we lived together, and at the time, I was paying almost most of the bills. And because as a woman, society tells us the man has to take care of us. Yeah. Right. right. Right, and I still Been have it in my room. head. But yeah. I still have it in my head, even though I can take care of myself. I'm a very independent woman, yeah. but I still have it in my head that a man, you be with a man, and he takes care of you. Yeah, and part, and the other part was that you know you had the sort of your money was there so that if something happened, she could peace out. She was, you know, <laughs> right, you're good. <laughs> so good. no matter what, your yeah, needs were met yeah. anywhere. Yeah. More with Mark Gant, Brianne Davis coming up for you on the Knocking Doors Down podcast. We dig more into uh, their recovery story, some more hilarious moments, including those random questions. 5150 is a lifestyle. We believe in pushing yourself, finding your passion, knowing your dreams and working hard, and always striving to make those dreams your reality. We believe life is too short to sit back and say, what if? Go after it, grab it, and make it happen. Being 5150 is committing to that long, hard road. That road you know is going to be tough, but the most rewarding. That's living the madness. That's 5150. If you're living the 5150 lifestyle, then celebrate by rocking the goods. So listen up. There's a special deal for listeners of Knocking Doors Down. Go to 5150LTM.com and enter code KDD20 and receive 20% off your purchase. That's 51FIFTYLTM.com. And then it goes back to like, that's manipulative. That's That's not having both feet in a relationship, especially if you're in a marriage, yeah. if you're in a long-term relationship. But that's what society teaches women. So it's like, how do I get rid of that false belief? And for me too, because, you know, I think that's also put on us is that, yeah, you know, sure. we, ha- we have to be these strong, you know, men that can support and provide and, you know, can't be vulnerable, can't, can't be cry. weak, can't be cry, can't, you know, can't um, not have it all figured out. And like, right. that's been, you know, that's all my stuff is just trying to like shuck and jive to make sure that like everybody knows that I've got all my stuff together mm-hmm. and that there's, there's no problem. And I did that with her, you know, just even, I mean, I heard this uh, the other day, this guy was saying, <laughs> it's like, as he was talking about it, I was like, wait, I can't relate to it. But he said, you know, my, my, I, my wife and I would go to Costco, you know, and I, and I would just get this like anxiety. I was like, What's, where's this going? He goes, because like every time she'd go in, it wasn't even about how much she spent. It was just that if she's spending money, it's like, what if I don't have money next time? And she's going to mm. like want something. And, you know, and, and, and she, of course, didn't know anything. She had no idea. Right. She just thought right. everything was fine. Their money was fine. He never talked about it. And like internally, he's like, we're like one paycheck away. We're like five credit cards deep into Damn. like making stuff yeah. happen. And like that secret, those secrets that, secrets that we carried, you know, around, you know, for me, it was just like, it was killing me. Like, that was the thing I was like, I was going to say is that I, at the, this peak of my career mm-hmm. at the height of like, you know, sort of this earning and, you know, 
it's like not even fame, but it was like it felt like notoriety. That. Notoriety. It sure. felt like there was like it was getting notori- notoriety. Well, because not- it was the first website before like House of Cards. Yeah, yeah, and all that, yeah, exactly. That yeah, web, web series yeah. that got notoriety. Sure, it was like the biggest one they made at the yeah. time. But I was so spiritually bankrupt. Like I was right. like, that's how I was feeling. Like right. there was like, there's no, you know, my higher power, God, universe, like could handle everything else. Mm-hmm except my money like the money was like the thing i had to figure out my career is that i had to figure out like i had to figure that stuff how out. how long were you into uh recovery otherwise at that point? 20 years 21 so, years 21 years yeah. so you're 21 20 years 2009 then yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. wow so what were your substances um let's see <laughs> everything yeah pretty He's much a pretty much like <laughs> you know so like beer and cocaine and crystal meth were sort of like that was really like my that was my that was my morning that, that, that was your uh, yeah. your your, your kit for like, like, every day exactly in a Y exactly exactly <laughs> I loved <cocaine>. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah right? I snort I people I've never snorted yeah. coke I just snort snort and drink people that's right. all I do it's I don't know, man. No, you're just hammered and you get, we won't need to go into the details, <laughs> but when I was in rehab, like people would talk to me and they would be, so what are you running from, brother? What, do, yeah. what, what are you running from? I'm like, I'm not fucking running from anything. Have you ever done coke? It's a blast. <laughs> right? Like my parents were and are great. I'm not running from shit. Right. I'm running from you in this conversation <laughs> yeah. right now. So, yeah. yeah, mine was like, yeah. hey, I'm barbecuing for my family and I like to have, you know, a few beers. Well, a few beers isn't a 30 pack guy, right, right. you know? It's like, get it the fuck together. Yeah, Let's exactly. get a little, little focus here on yeah. the But he got context. sober at 19. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, really you. young to Thank confront. You. Yeah. yeah. It was one of those, again, one of those moments where I, at the time I didn't think that I had a problem as much as the everything's crashing around and let me just, sure. you know, sort of like you were saying, like, I ain't got a problem. You right. know, I just, I, I just, for whatever reason, I got caught too many times. Yeah. You know what I mean? I and crashed too many cars. Yeah, I crashed too many cars, you know, and, um, but you know by the grace of god like i just like within a couple years but my second year sort of that you know desire to drink has been removed you know mm-hmm. and so but the crazy yeah, is still there like the, like the like i'm still i mean my head and the disease is like every day still 33 years later i'm still like i wake up in the morning and like i get to make a choice like mm-hmm. am i going to listen to them which just feels like they're them just are the, the crazy the voices mm-hmm. the voices oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah give them we should have, I, I, I'm giving them yeah, the yeah. crazy <laughs> we should have mine talk to yours yeah, yeah, it'd yeah, be exactly. a pretty interesting conversation <laughs> Exactly. Wow, we were just talking about we two were, sponsors talking to each other we about were, like two sponsors like commu- like figuring it out for their sponsees together. <laughs> the crazies are the talking crazies to each other like crazy. So Mark, for you is it uh, what was the what was your background childhood? What led you to that? You have a family lineage of addiction, uh, trauma, oh, what yeah. was Yeah, I mean, you know, my my neither of my parents are alcoholics. You mm-hmm. know, my dad we could you know, safely say sort of workaholism was sort mm-hmm. of like his thing. That mm-hmm. was, you know, or an Al-Anon kind of thing because mm-hmm. I take their inventory. No, I'm kidding. But, um, <laughs> you know, and my mom. Which know, she'll be listening to this because she's a huge fan of yeah, yours yeah, now. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, thank you for sweet. sharing that the other day. I yeah. was like, wait, she was a fan of me on your podcast? No, oh, she's listening to she's your listening podcast. To your, now she's she's switched. texting yeah, me she's about like, it. Yeah, she's like, well, I got to start listening to his podcast. It's really good. Hi, mom. We say hi. Thank you. Um, you know, and so, you know, having 
seeing that, you know, with my mom was more of maybe, let's say, you know, like a love addiction, you know, or a mm. sex and love addiction. Oh, gosh. And, you know, your that. mom's going to hear about my sex addiction now. Oh, it's okay. Her and I have talked about, talk about okay. her. By the time. Sorry. No, <laughs> at the moment of this part of the book, she's already Facebook friend you and okay. sent you a note. <laughs> no, good. she will. And All she good. will like every single picture you I love ever it. do. That's really yeah. My mom would do the same. She's amazing. Yeah. No, she's amazing. <laughs> sorry, sorry. As you were. Yeah. No, no. So, so I didn't have alcoholism in my house um you know but there was definitely you know um times in that in childhood you know where there was you know cheating or mm -hmm. there was fighting or there was you know sort Money of just screaming. yeah chaos and stuff that like i just felt you know i didn't have that security at times but on both of their parents were alcoholics right. and all and brothers and sisters yeah. alcoholics and addicts and stuff so growing up at like eight nine years old i remember being had an AA meeting for somebody's birthday for my grandfather's, you know, one year birthday, mm -hmm. and, you know, and stuff. Wow. So I was aware of that, of, of it, but I never in my, you know, I never felt like in my house, it never made, you know, I didn't see it in our house. It wasn't that, but there was, you know, cause I have friends that have like rage, you know, raging parents and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It was, it wasn't that it was just, there was just this, this dysfunction, you know, where, dysfunction. They, where they were just, you know, I mean, they never, you know, knew had tools like we have tools, yeah. you know, and so, so I think um, there was that sort of time, and, and around the nine or ten is when the divorce happened, and you know, my mom and I had this like very, you know, sort of enmeshed relationship where I was her, like her little man, like I was yeah. going to take care of my brother and sister. Right. She told me everything was going on. I was the, you know, I was that, and during that time, I was the secret keeper and all those things. So and that so, emotional codependency so yeah, was exactly. put upon so, you. Yeah, and so all I wanted just to escape, you know, mm -hmm. I just wanted to escape all that stuff. And so for me, it was like whatever it was, you know, from video games to food to stealing candy, candy yeah. to then it was like drink, wow. then drinking early, you know, like around, you know, 50. I was drinking so 15 19 like hardcore. I was like hardcore like you know by by my senior by the summer before my senior year I was already drinking every day so that was like sort of what my and again a lot of my friends were so it didn't feel like I was alcoholic as much as we're just all partying to know, escape right? or did you actually like how it tasted and oh I loved well? how it tasted what, I loved what was what your drink of choice oh my god I love it oh, so I love you. Like, I'm so embarrassed. Bad. Malibu rum and Mountain Dew. No, no, I'm embarrassed. Zima. <laughs> no, but you know, um, I had thrown up several times drinking the California coolers. That was like the, that was at my time. You, you guys are too young for that. Or, yeah. I, no, I'm 43. Uh, so yeah. um, he's 53. But so like, are you 53? Yeah. Oh, good for you. So good. <laughs> Looking good. Um, no idea. Yeah. But, That's uh, why you stop drinking and using at 19. Yeah, stop yeah. drinking and using, you, kids. You'll yeah. look, look at this guy right? in your. Yeah. 50s. Uh, yeah. I got 10 years to hopefully yeah. be that good. <laughs> I need to improve like to look that good. Or, like or just you know, drink what I drank, which was Coors Light. Which Coors was Light. Like, hey, Coors that, Light, that was yeah. it. Coors Dude, Light, okay. we're, from, yeah. we're from Central California, which people, when you tell them California, don't understand where we are is Ag Town. I have, I could have, I'm drinking enough Coors Light to increase the stock tenfold. But here's the thing. <laughs> I'm from Stockton. I oh really? No. Yes, you guys hey, are from the we literally, California. Literally looking at the. We were looking, looking where you guys were located, and it's literally between. I, I know Stockton. I yeah. around Stockton. Like literally, we my mom, my brothers lived in oh, Turlock. My mom, in my mom lives. In, my parent, my dad, and my stepmom live in Man, no Manteca. Manteca. My brother my used to live in Manteca. My mom lived in Turlock. My brother lived in Turlock. I think somebody lived in Merced. Now they're all in sort of the Bay Area. Now. So we are lived in Turlock. We are family in Manteca. Well, he lives in Merced. I live in Atwater, which is about, I don't know, 
10 minutes away yeah and then our studio is just south of turlock that's so funny what yeah, yeah we'll have to so, do a third part so, when so you guys come through so nice. like, she's one of us <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly exactly we'll and have to come light. and we'll that's bring it. her yeah you can be on yeah. it yeah. awesome yeah. that's awesome but core's light yeah oh so yeah so core's light was my that was and my, that's that the was, meth capital of the world yes yeah, it right is yeah so and the most dangerous city in the united states right now yeah yeah yeah, it's bad. I loved Stockton when I worked in it because I used to. I was the district manager of an energy drink at the time, and we were. I had a route in Stockton, and I loved working in Stockton, oh. like the hood of right, Stockton, right, right, right. because it was never a dull moment. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> prostitutes would come up to my car and all this stuff, and I'm just like, no, 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 ladies, yeah, 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 Nuh-uh. And then I'm like, for all, like yeah. you're, you are not, you're an undercover cop, and then you, no, you just back up, and you see like robberies happen and all this stuff, and I'm just kind of sitting back just like drinking you know my water just watching <laughs> you love that i it was exciting it wasn't <laughs> he's an addict. it was cheap reality tv that's, that's true. That's it was true. just kind of like oh dude that guy's gonna get fucked up watch him <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like you know we would also work in very fancy of the liquor stores too which isn't a liquor store it's like a very upscaled like Rayleigh's and Costco had a baby right that right, kind right. of the store. bougie area yeah, yeah super bougie and that was boring yeah. you know what I mean just shopping for carrot juice and kombucha <laughs> right right <laughs> not saying there's anything wrong with carrot juice and kombucha kombucha whatever uh, but yeah dude Stockton yeah. Yeah. I love Stockton yeah. wouldn't live there no. but you know yeah. going there for work was fine yeah so Gosh, what that totally went and left sorry bring us back Jason. <laughs> you got it that's yeah. what i do no nip uh so what then really brought you to was it you getting law in trouble with the law and everything is it just you said life was just crashing down yeah i didn't get in trouble with the law because my dad was the law so yeah. my oh. dad was at the time probably a lieutenant or maybe a captain at that point in the, in the stockton police department his name was mark ann his name was my name and so anytime i would get pulled over which i got pulled over a lot or anytime i was at a park drinking when i was supposed crashed to or crashed car. my car seven cars they, right they would say well <clears throat> you know you know maybe we should let you tell your dad about this and uh you know if not we'll tell him tomorrow right and then so after the first time when i didn't tell him and they didn't tell him i was realized okay then just don't say anything yeah just don't tell him how it goes um, you know, but it's funny. So my dad and I have talked about this, you know, a lot um, recently, especially since now that we have a child, mm -hmm. you know, he said, you know, he was too easy on us, on, mm -hmm. on those kids, because he really, you know, he trusted us too much. You know, he wanted to believe, have faith that we were going to like change that if I, we said we weren't going to drink and drive, that we weren't going to drink and drive because mm -hmm. his dad was an alcoholic who wasn't there. So there was like a different you know he wanted to be different he went to extreme yes yeah, so he went to an extreme of like you know being too easy on us because i was too easy on you you know mm -hmm. and i and i just i could say yeah i could see that you know because i you know given so much rope you know yeah. and so um especially but, if addiction runs in the family yeah it's yeah, like, yeah but you um, have to be careful even exactly. with our son like just sure. because him and i have recovery and we have years of recovery it might go to him next who yeah. knows yeah and we have to Handcuff him to the him. house and never yes. let him. Is that, is that what yes. you were saying? Oh, yes. Support him. No, but give him the tools. <laughs> oh, so, oh, oh. No, but oh, give him the meant, tools yeah. that weren't given to us. No, I know, I know. You right. know, and, and if he gets in trouble, he has consequences to right. pay. Mm -hmm. My parents also let me get away. They would hide boyfriends from my other boyfriend. Like I would have be dating two guys and they would help me hide one if one showed up. I'm gonna guess mom helped with that. 
No, my dad. Really? Mm-hmm. Your dad helped with the damn. I, I was just thinking because again, I've kind of started my after my first listen of the book, and then the second where I'm like, okay, I think this is a little bit of her story in there. I was kind of expecting that story will to... be in book two, but okay. yeah, it was it was they enabled my behavior. Right. They allowed me to keep secrets because they didn't want to deal with you know telling me no, mm-hmm. giving me boundaries, doing that because it's hard yeah. as a parent. Even yeah. you, I mean, having yeah. a kid, putting boundaries around him, it is it. Would be so much easier just to get let a kid do what they want because it's like and so many do yeah, yeah, yeah. do but my dad would go out of his way to make sure i got caught by both girls he'd be like he's in there come here <laughs> not like, mine yeah. mine oh, yeah. snuck him out the back and drove him no home shit. wow yeah. yeah so it was like it reinforced that secrets are okay lies were okay that yeah. if i could one-up somebody if i could get away with something then i was like golden mm-hmm. yeah and no responsibility yeah. so it's like your parents didn't give you responsibility and so did mine, but we now have to be be better parents. Right. Well, even, but for, to finish the story, that yeah. that's what my parents did sort of push back a little bit. By the time I was 19, you know, seven cars, I'd wrecked seven cars at that point. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I got kicked out of my, my stepdad and mom's house when they got divorced. I was staying with my stepdad and my, he kicked me out. He just had two rules, just like two rules. Don't drink in the house and don't leave your clothes in the washer. And within a week, I'd done both of those. And it was like, out. So then I had to, like, beg my mom to live with her. And so I was staying with my mom. And my dad would not let me move back because the drinking was obviously, it was clear sure. that I, yeah. I wasn't, I was, had no interest in changing. Right. You know? uh-huh. And um, and so, you know, my mom was, you know, didn't know how to handle me. And she just kept, you know, you know say, trying to, like, put those you know, um, rules there and saying, you know, you can't do this, you know, and then the car broke, you know, after the last car and I had no car, I was working doing construction and my boss who was like my guy, he was my guy. Like we would go, I'd drive to his house and before, before I wrecked my car, I'd drive to his house. He'd have like, you know, a pot of coffee on the thing. We'd walk in, I'd walk in the bathroom, do a line of cocaine that was like set up. Then we'd like take the cocaine, (laughs) you know, then we'd, you know, get it all ready, get the coffee, drive to 7-Eleven, get a bag of ice and a 12-pack of beer, put it in the cooler, put it in the water mm-hmm. thing with the ice, yeah. go to the, the the site, go into the porta potty do some crystal meth, and then go back and then drink all day long. And then that was just, that was my day. And that Damn. was my boss. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, if that's your boss, like when when he sees that you have a problem, when he sees like, wow, your behavior about being on a second floor, dropping a saw and on, on almost hitting somebody, you know, because you're sweating from, you know, like wanting, I was like kind of detoxing one day. He was like, you need help. I was like. Yeah, electric saw on yeah, someone. Yeah, yeah, it's just a skill saw. saw. Just, you know, nothing. Yeah, nothing. And, uh, that, that, no one ever yeah, got hurt no with any died, of those. Kind of but he's the one that said, you got to go get help. Yeah, he said that, you know, um, he said, you need help. And I was like, what about you? Yeah, right? he's, he's like. Let's just take a week off and just, you know, and, I, and at that point it was like, okay, I was feeling like I was going to get fired. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have a car. This is my only job. I had no other place to live except on my mom's apartment. And I said, okay, I'm going to actually go call my aunt. I'm going to go to AA and just, you know, I'm going to get clean. Yeah. And so for that seven days, I didn't call my aunt. I didn't do anything. I just like partied harder. I just, you know, it was just like by myself in that apartment while my mom was out of town. And on that Monday, he came knocking on the door, and I was like, in my mind, this fantasy he was going to give me this truck that he had, this old truck, because he was getting a new truck. Like just like that, that mm-hmm. fantasy addict, like mm-hmm. not in reality. And he saw me. He's like, 
you're a mess. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, I said, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm clean. He's like, you've been up, I can tell, you know? And I talked to your dad, you never even went and saw him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that was like the first hit. He's like, I talked to your mom. She, you're, she, you're, she's kicking you out as soon as she comes back. It was like all these things, okay, no, no place to live. No money. He was, no money, he's threatened to, you know, fire me. Mm-hmm. And he said, you need help. And so I just broke down. And I don't know if I broke down because I really did think I needed help or I just wanted, and you know, just to con one more person into, you know, mm-hmm. helping right. me. And so that day, you know, and I just printed this. I just, I didn't tell you this. I found it. I have the application that I filled out on my first day at that day. So I go to the, I get a doctor. We go to, um, doctor gives us prescription to say, yeah, you know, he needs, you know, you know, alcohol and drug rehabilitation. That's mm-hmm. what you need for the insurance. And then we went to this uh, inpatient rehab and dealt this paperwork. It's a three hour ordeal. Like, cause we're just showing up, you know? And by the end of three hours, I'm sobering up and I'm like, I don't think I really need this, yeah, yeah. you know, but I'd already filled all the paperwork. And so we come in and we're, we're about to, you know, sort of, you know, talk about in my mind, we're just in the waiting room. We're just like, okay, so you'll just move some, you'll go home, get your clothes and you'll come back here and then stay here for 30 days. And so I get in the room and she goes, uh, yeah, by the way, um, you're under 21. So, you know, insurance is not going to cover inpatient. So you have to do outpatient. So you have to come here six nights a week. I was like, yeah, you know, I don't think it's gonna really work out for us. You know, for me, it's like I gotta, like I gotta work, and you know, and I have a car and stuff. Got and this thing, yeah. And so he said, "Oh, I can drive you here," and I was like, "Okay." And she, I said, "Yeah." So I just feel like, and she's like, "Well, you've already signed the paper, so you're gonna have to pay the thirty-five thousand, you know, if you don't show up." And I was like, "Fuck." So I stayed, you know, and, um, and, and at the time Which again, huge. I still didn't feel like I had a problem. Like sure. I still felt yeah. like everybody else and everybody else was so old. They're like 28, 30, <laughs> 28. You know oh I mean? my God. It's so old. Yeah. You know? And, um, and so, you know, I, I lasted the 29 days, you know, I just like, I was resentful towards everybody there. And the stories were the same. They just kept saying, look, once you, you know, our stories are exactly the same up to 19 and then they, <laughs> You know, then we lose the house, then we lost our wife, then we right. lost the car, right. then we lost all the stuff. So you can choose to see that or not. And uh, on the 29th day, I went out and like, thought I could have one drink and you know, eight o'clock the next morning, I'm selling my watch for a line of cocaine. And I was like, oh shit. This is what powerless yeah, is. Yeah, this is what powerless yeah. is. And yeah. that was, you know, that was September 11th, 1988. So it's a year wow, I was born. Man. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah. September. September 11th. I was three months old. It's bananas, though, how you with that, you two meet. Mm -hmm. How long were you seeing each other at that point when you finally started to confront uh, your... Five years? I'm 12 years sober. Five years, yeah. Yeah, five years. Five years in. Five years in. And then you're like, oh. I have a problem. And the interesting thing was is that I'd never heard of it, but yeah. I knew she was going to therapy. Sure. Yes. And um, and so her therapist, you know, was great. I could see there was a change already happening with therapy. Um, and Which I, got, I write about in the book. Yeah. The first thing yeah. she told me is, "You remind me of a high class prostitute." Yeah. One of my other clients. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Bitch, what did you That's say? Sweet. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah. It's a great. Trust me, guys. The book's a great reader. Listen, today too. By yeah. The way. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Go no, ahead. the book is great. And um, and uh, but uh, yeah. So she called me and said, you know, in tears, you know, uh, she said, I'm a 
sex and love addict and I have to go to meetings and I, and instead of being like what what the fuck what Maybe. is that you know What's I was happened? like okay she's like um, so can you look up you know sex and love addicts anonymous and see if you can print up a, a meeting thing she for says me there's meetings all yeah. like hysterically yeah, crying sure. yeah. on the 101 <laughs> <laughs> I filled out the questionnaire and I got so many yeah and I get home and he highlights all the meetings I can go to Huh. And, and because I had the recovery, you yeah. know, because right. I had AA already and I already knew how sure. the program worked, I was like, okay, well, I don't know anything about that program. I, there's a whole life I don't know about, apparently. Obviously. You know? yeah, right. And, um, but I, you know, but because I was going through my own shit, my own thing, I think that was the blessing of the whole thing. I think thing. that was. Because if I had, you know, if I was like so doing so great and then all of a sudden, you know, my right. girlfriend is like, you know, this, you know, going through her own addiction, it would be more difficult. Right. But I was literally like, I just had to go down, you know, look down at my own stuff and go like, okay, how am I going to like earn? How, where am I under earning? Where am I under being? How am I, you know, not taking care of myself? Where I think it's I, that like know? compassion and empathy yeah. and no judgment yeah. that you didn't look at it like, oh, did she cheat? Was she flirting? Was sex, was sex addict? Is she on the street having sex with right. who knows, right? Yeah. I mean, all those thoughts, I'm sure just like that. I could tell you right now, head. that's where my mind would go yeah. if I were to heard that for the first time. Oh, yeah. sure. And I'm, it's, you know yeah and, and and honestly i think only because i there was we had had such a a connection and a bond up sure. to that point that it was mm -hmm. like you know you, yeah i just felt even even you didn't have that insecurity because of your connection exactly and, bond, and, yeah. and the therapy that she was doing up to that point was like okay well it's, it seems to be working she's already i'm already seeing breakthroughs and there's and a growth. difference in growth and stuff sure. and so it was like okay well it's not like we were there was a problem like she got caught and then she's dealing you know wasn't yeah and it's not like we were fighting a mm -hmm. lot yeah. either mm -hmm. we no. weren't screaming no, no, and no. it wasn't like it wasn't a bad relationship right yeah. see that's the thing people don't get like you can have this problem and still be in a good relationship like mm -hmm. we weren't like it wasn't drama and all that stuff like we brought out the best in each other but internally we were both spiritually dying Right. And we had our places we had to look at. And I think having that, you hitting your bottom almost at the same time as hitting mine is like that empathy and compassion that we yeah. were both going through some kind of growth. And, and, and at the same time, I, I feel like, you know, I think, you know, alcoholics and addicts will often not realize that that they're drinking and they're drug using is affecting the people around them because it just mm -hmm. feels yeah. like it's so like just you it's affecting you what about me yeah. I'm, yeah. I got, I'm, I'm the, the one, one suffering yeah, yeah don't suffer. you don't who's trying to be numb who's yeah. numbing who I'm numbing me so exactly. shut up exactly you know and, <laughs> yeah. but I think that that also that's just like any addiction so that hers was affecting our relationship but not in you know not in the getting caught kind of weird kind of thing right. as much as like there was a disconnection disconnection happening intimacy intimacy issues a fear of intimacy yeah, sure. i would get into a relationship and be in there and then as soon as that like high butterflies right. or like falling in love or the excitement or all that and reality sets in then i would be like uh this is too real this mm -hmm, is right. too intimate and normally i would pick people i don't actually even like as 
like I'd be like, I don't even want to be your friend, but here was someone I actually liked. Mm -hmm. Like if we weren't together, I'd want to be his friend. Like he's a great person. So I was like, if I can't make it work with him, something is really wrong right. with me. Right. So it was that. I think it was that, and it I wasn't making it like you weren't giving me this, you weren't paying enough attention yeah, yeah. to me, enough love, enough blah blah blah. I just knew that it was an inside job, hmm. and I think you realize that at the same time. Yeah, and I and I also realized for myself that for me the money, you know, when I didn't have money or when I was stressed about money or was thinking about that, I was like, she tell she even now she still knows when I'm in my head thinking. Yeah. I can go, what are you thinking? So what are you thinking? She's like, like he's not here. He's like, not present. I'm not present. Our son even sees it. Yeah. When we're both in our disease or something. Yeah. Really? Like we're worried about something or if he's worried about something, our son's like, Hello <laughs> Like yeah, he sees yeah. it. Yeah, he sees it. That How old is disconnect? Three, three and a half. half. Three and a half. Awesome. He can see when we're not engaged in reality and we're disconnected. Mm -hmm. And that's like how powerful because I'm sure all of us as kids saw our parents like that. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. You I know. know for kids are sure. smart. So oh, it's yeah. like, how can we model a better parent mm -hmm. for our child so he doesn't feel the disconnection? So yeah. sometimes if he's like that, I'm like, dude. Yeah. Actual reality. Yeah, yeah. Where are you? Yeah, and so that was uh, that was affecting our relationship yeah. for sure because there were times where it's just you know I couldn't be there for her, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So if I'm not there for her, I could see her sort of going off and you know where's the attention? Where I'm on attention? set. Here's all these guys, you know, being nice to me and everything. And you know, when she's with home with me, I'm like, hey, babe, yeah, I'm just gonna get on my computer, try to figure out how to save the world and get some money and <laughs> mm -hmm. you know pay the bills this month. You know what I mean? Just right, like right. that, that, that just obsession. obsession and self-centered thinking and fear and you know all that stuff yeah. it's exhausting i feel like taking a nap <laughs> <laughs> how about yours Both. <laughs> <laughs> we, it's funny you say that there's sometimes where we and it's not anything with the person just there's so much from what they're sharing with us that you're just like well, uh, I'm going to go home and uh, nap for about six weeks. All right. It's happening now. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm good right now. No, but that's like... He said, I get it. I get it. Fuck I guess. We can end this now. Fuck it. I don't get it. Yeah. I'm well, tired of hearing myself, but my right. mom's not. That's so great. And we love you. Uh, all right. All right. Hey, well, now we're busting balls over here. Yeah. This guy, yeah? Hey. Hey. Yeah. Well, how did you... I, one thing that interests me, so... you. You get working in the program, AA, mm -hmm. 19. How did you even end up in, in the entertainment industry? So I'm in Stockton, and, you know, when I was a kid, when I was really young, I would, you know, sort of escaped into, like, TV and mm -hmm. movies and, you know, um, reading and things like that. And so I, there was always something. I had this, like, recurring dream that I was, like, discovered as an actor, like, behind the scenes. Like, I was working, you know, somehow making a movie or something I got discovered it was like this recurring dream I'd have as a kid it was like 10, 11, 12 years old and um, and so Hollywood was always this thing that was like oh that's like a dream but not even like a dream yeah. of like you know an active like oh I would love to go there I'm going to go do that it was just sort of like that I had no idea because you know, up to that point, I was just drinking. So from 15 to 19, I was just drinking and, you know, I was just trying to survive, try to get through high school. And then I got out of high school in that, that year, and then I got sober at 19. And in that first year, you know, it's just like you go to meetings, seven days, seven meetings a, a week. And, you know, and I just would do that and got a job and was able to like pay my bills on time and like got to stay back in my dad's house and got a car and all those, those things that happened in that first year of sobriety. And um, 
and feeling better about myself. And, and then, you know, they say, don't make any major decisions in that first year. And of course, like my friend was moving his sister down to San Diego and he's like, do you want to drive down with me? I said, sure. So we drove down to San Diego and he's like an architect. I was nothing. I worked at a grocery store for my whole life. That was me, you mm-hmm. know? And um, I had no idea what I wanted to be when I grew up. I had like, I didn't have any dreams really. It just, I felt I was special. <laughs> which is like sorry I'm not meaning to laugh but that's amazing no it's amazing I, know, I felt us, I was special it's problem like that's special. my problem right. I felt I was special and, and I just unique. Des- <laughs> unique and I deserve something more I didn't know what that was Gosh, like I was so I, much better you don't don't have it same dude right? I swear with the whole Hollywood thing and like yeah. something's gonna happen yeah. it's gonna happen mm-hmm. I swear same yeah. that's why I'm like really don't you going. see this going. <laughs> and so so we you're missing out I am right here I am so right here you know <laughs> but, but don't but, but don't look at me because I feel like shit and I don't want you to see like how I'm but really it's that nice. ego thing yeah. it's like we're unique and special yeah. instead of just being like the egomaniac with the inferiority yeah complex. like, like I'm the this. shit yeah. and I'm a piece of shit yeah, at yeah. the exact same exactly. time but that's exactly. the thing it's like I that didn't is. feel like I didn't feel like I'm the shit dude like anybody would love to have me on. it wasn't like that no. it was just something like I feel like I'm destined for more yeah you know yeah, yeah. I don't I know what like... it is <laughs> you still get but I feel like I'm destined for more and I'm hoping by 80 it happens for me <laughs> right? Morgan like, Freeman had a pretty right? big break yeah. and was it Shawshank yeah, yeah. Well, I was, I'm the guy that you, you nailed it right there. Like, look, I'm the shit. Oh, and I'm a piece of shit. Oh, just right here at the same moment. And you swing back and forth through it. And it's just exhausting. But I, you know, like we're this unique person and it's going to happen for me. And it's like. So here I am like in San Diego. We're like, you know, I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life. And we're in line at this uh, city college, Mesa City College. She's going to sign up to like she has one semester left before she goes to San Diego State. And we're in line. And, you know, it's just the two of us and her. And we're just, you know, like waiting in line. It's like a huge long line because it's like right before school starts. And everybody, all the women are in bikini tops and shorts. And oh, the guys are awful. like, you know, hanging out and like just like it's hot, it's beautiful. Yeah. Like Stockton is not like <laughs> yeah. hot and beautiful like that. And as we're getting closer and closer, my friend's like, you know, why don't we just sign up and start school here? I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, let's do it. So by the time we got to her to sign up, we signed up, we got in his car, drove down the street. There was like apartments like right around the thing. She got an apartment, we walked in, she got an apartment. He and I got an apartment and then we drove back that night and I came home and you know, here I am like nine months sober and um, I come to my dad's like, so I'm moving to San Diego. (laughs) And my dad's like, great, maybe you'll grow up. Turned around and walked away and I was like, what? I am grown up. You don't know, I'm like nine months sober. This is like my thing. So anyway, I was down in San Diego for a couple of years. And Fuck you, Dan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he knew better. I mean, like I never yeah. paid my insurance right, or never, right, like, right. any of the stuff that I thought, like, like I said, I didn't have, I wasn't like this driven kid that was, I had all, I was always a kid that had potential, right, but I wasn't right. ever applying it. And uh, so being in San Diego, I was like working at a grocery store, valet, doing all kinds of stuff. And uh, 
and you know there's a girl that was like you know smoking a cigarette out and she you know she worked at the the sales thing you know for the um symphony hall and uh this is my wife going to get tell the story get it going get it and um but anyway she was telling me about she was going to this rap party and uh, i thought it was a rapper of uh, <laughs> sure yeah and um and so the next day she told me about it and she said you know my friend you know works on movies and she's looking for an assistant and i was like oh, i'd love to do that she's like oh really and now i don't know what an assistant is for props i don't know what like rap parties are i don't know what a movie is i don't anything. i'm just like literally just following the next indicated action right and i go and i you know end up getting this job as an you know intern which then turns into an actual assistant prop master job and then like nine months later i'm in la just like packed up my little nissan Sentra and did this little pa job on this little thing and never left and it's just you know i've done like every job every department, jo- department and, and except the film makeup business. i don't think you've done makeup no i've done your makeup i think that's true but he literally could do every department and every and yeah on movies he could do nice. everything yeah so like from crafty, all that stuff props yeah grip camera yeah. everything he could do everything he's like the most talented person and i didn't know again I, I always had that thing of like maybe i'll get discovered you know kind of thing sure, and i was sure. sort of a fantasy and i was like oh that's not gonna happen like i'm that's never gonna get to that yeah, place where my thing and so so that just moved from you know i started getting into doing some acting and felt insecure about that whole process until i felt confident and then that led to my show and then you know directing and producing and writing and stuff like that and you know again i feel like um now in this where we are in our recovery it's like being of service is like the only thing that really matters mm-hmm. like you yeah, know sure. even when i'm working it's a being of service to yeah every time we before we go to set before we do an interview before we do anything yeah. even red carpet or anything we always like okay how can we be of service mm-hmm. right. how can we be a worker among workers because anytime we make it about us we're we're done we're yeah. dead our our we like go into ego completely yeah. so we keep each other in check on a daily basis like yeah. we're like okay so you're being of yeah. service yeah. you're not unique and yeah, special yeah, yeah, exactly. you're a worker among workers yeah. like that's a theme in our house yeah. i like that yeah yeah my girlfriend she's good at good for me in that way because it might be like what are you looking at stats on the latest episodes how'd it go well this one's nowhere near where it should be she goes how do you know maybe one person out of the ten thousand yeah. or whatever that listen yeah. You may have just changed their life. So how, how, how do you know? So it's like, oh, okay, yeah. I need to stop caring about these things in well, that way. Well, I do too. I don't even get to see what our podcast does. <laughs> I don't know how many books I sold or how much anything. He, I do not know any of that because it's none of my business. It's none of my business how many of anything. If I can help one person with your podcast that you're on or you know the book or anything that's all that matters because the ego and all that stuff just gets too messed up for us too easily you know wrapped up in all that stuff it's just really rude how we can't be discovered you know (laughs) 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 the whole time he was checked out while we're it's just really rude like being a work you know what i don't want to their son would have noticed mike mike mikey i know their son would be like hello hello are you present paying attention (laughs) you got me stuck on this kid in stockton man i feel it i totally get it it are you, is your son at an age where you kind of already start talking a little bit about substance abuse and things mm-hmm. of that nature and, you know, sexuality or? Well, not sexuality. Not so much? No, because I believe that sexuality is too prevalent in our society right now. I, I saw sexual things way too young. My favorite movie yeah. was Romeo and Juliet. Sure. You know, I saw porn way too young. 
I watched Taming of the Shrew, like horrible things for a child. So we don't talk about sexuality, but we definitely show intimacy in front of him mm -hmm. in a healthy way, holding hands, touching each other, kissing, but in an appropriate way. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, we do talk about money. He earns an allowance. He has to do chores. He right vacuums. On. He dusts. He he's, he's three and a half? Yeah. He's three and a half. Man, I should have started a lot earlier with mine. I'm struggling. He sweeps the kitchen, and he sweeps up hair after I give him a haircut. So we really try to instill the value of money because yeah. the other day he even said to us, he's like, ooh, we need this. Like pointed to something. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, just have Amazon get it. Yeah, that's he right. literally oh. said that. And we're like, that's not how it works, bud. No, he said, yeah. we don't, I said, well, we don't, we don't have that. And he goes, yeah, just order it, dad. Amazon. Amazon. I'm like, Amazon. Damn. Where's your phone, dad? Which are, he literally said that and so we you know he has a piggy bank if he wants something at target we then take it out of the piggy bank we are going to teach him the value of money and then when the sexuality comes you know we're not going to let him have access to an ipad and things like that because it's too yeah. easy especially for young boys. way too easy yeah. yeah i'm not interested in having a gaming system in our house i think it, it takes you out of reality. I had one when I was young and it totally took me out of my reality. So we're gonna really try to instill that stuff, but it's a time and a place and an yeah. age, but we try our best. Yeah, I mean, we don't talk specifically about like addiction. He knows the serenity prayer though. He knows the serenity prayer because we're like on meetings all the time. And yeah. But we don't talk about specific addiction. Mm -hmm. um, although he did know that it was Brianne's sober birthday. So like the other day, so that was Monday. So he was like, he woke up and he's like, mom, it's your sober birthday, <laughs> oh, you know, which cute. is so great that he understood there was something different than her birthday, which yeah, is close sure. to his. Um, but, you know, so, but we are definitely trying to share with him about having your emotions mm -hmm. and to be Feel feelings, feelings and to, you know, share, communicate like what's going on yeah. and stuff with him. And then he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, what are you upset? He's like, yeah, I'm upset. I'm like, okay, be upset. You know, we allow him to have his feelings instead sure. of being like, which is so hey. much easier to just stop crying. Like, stop. There's nothing to be crying about. Yeah. Like, like, actually he is, he's yeah. upset. And yeah. you know, I would be upset too. And you know, so if we can, and that's where we have to be present. And that's mm -hmm. when we're present, we can go, Oh wow. Like yeah. I could see how, having no tools, how our parents raised us the way they raised us, or yeah. how, you know, abuse happens, because it's just like, you have to be so present, so and so, present. so, so um, willing to be wrong, to be able to like raise kids, and it's really hard to do that. Well, mm -hmm. And we apologize, because there's times we are wrong, mm -hmm. and oh, I yeah. have said to my three-year-old, three-and-a-half-year-old, I'm sorry, mom was wrong. Yeah. And then there's been times when I've been crying and he wants to give me a hug and make me feel mm. better. And I say to him, no, no, mama's upset. You don't need to make me feel better. You do. I do not need a hug because it's like not his responsibility to fix his parents. Yeah, and he was doing this whole thing for a while where he was like, you know, are you happy now? Are you happy? You know, are you like happy? A, after he upset us, after he did something wrong, he wants to like make sure we're okay and happy so everything's good. So he's trying to like, your hair is so pretty or something to like do the thing. We're like, sure, Dude, everything's cool. Like, like we can no. be frustrated. You yeah. can be frustrated. You know, it's okay. We don't have to, you know, it, it's okay. It can be okay not being okay. And yeah. I just felt like as a as as a kid, not that it it wasn't modeled for us, but it definitely wasn't modeled for my parents either. To like, it oh wasn't no, in, like not to be no. okay. It wasn't ever okay to be not okay. Yeah. Right. You know? and that's right. such an interesting thing that you say that because you know, for people that maybe this is how my brain broke it down was like, yes, your son may have done something wrong, 
But then in letting him know it was wrong behavior and then him correcting it, just him handling it, it wasn't like he had to come back, now are you pleased with me? And it's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, mm-hmm. We're just letting you know about your behavior exactly. within itself that is completely yeah. disconnected from us, how we react to it and everything else. Yeah. And I think that that's something I'm just now getting and I'm 43, <laughs> right, but right, right. I got hope and I'm talking to yeah. my kids a <laughs> yeah, lot yeah, more yeah, as yeah, Brienne yeah. knows. So and it's boundaries. I've got hope. Yes. Boundaries with your kids. Boundaries like he cannot pin us against each other. Yeah. that's what my parents did i could manipulate between my parents and get what i wanted oh, yeah. as a child right and we are really strong in that where we are like uh-uh-uh you do not come between me and him and because we are so different in terms of like our energies and the way we you know would probably raise children differently if i wasn't with her you know i would not have this amazing kid i mean you are no because you were just so great about boundaries and about you know being strong about no we said no it's no like we don't now go back and say yes and right. like and and now because we have a kid that way you just go well you're gonna have to give away these toys because we're getting new toys okay give it away you go to tell him at the grocery store no you can't no no we're not doing okay you know he doesn't like he's not Jeez. fighting for stuff he's not he's trying. not like that insatiable thing that i had as a kid where right. it's like never enough yeah. Never enough attention, never enough toys, never enough, like, keep giving that hole sure. that we all have. And yeah. he seems to not have that, which right now is great. I'm going to knock. Knock in. I think this is what. But, the like, we are really trying our best to model for him what mm-hmm. wasn't modeled for us. And I'm sure we're going to mess up. I was going to say we're doing it completely imperfectly. <laughs> like, but, and, but the thing is, is, like, we check in almost every night at the end of the night, and we just kind of go, like, you know, and there's times where just, you know, I'm frustrated that she's doing it the way she's doing it. When I'm like, I think it's just better this way. And she's like, I can tell you it's not better this way. But we can talk about that mm-hmm. kind of stuff and be able to say, oh, wow, I then I didn't have your back mm-hmm. when I did that. And now I can see the shift when I have her back and when she has my back, you know, then he feels safe. He feels right. safe. He right. doesn't he doesn't feel like it, then all the sort of manipulation thing that I've my whole life has been about the manipul- manipulating yeah. people, you know, right. is gone. I don't mm-hmm. feel like he's trying to he, he oh, that I'm not okay. Let me just go back to playing that. Right, like right, that's not right. going to work. Yeah. yeah. You know. And I think the best thing is too if we get triggered, like I can look at him and go I need to go. <laughs> I can and see he's it. Like, Peace out. And but it's like knowing when we need our boundaries. Yeah, right. For sure. With each other too. Like I can look at him and go, "You're really triggering me right now. I don't know what's going on. I'm gonna go take time for myself." And we have those tools. Before we just like scream yeah. or like silent treatment or all those things. Yeah. But it's like. Oh we now get the reprieve mm-hmm. to do, be better and do better because we're more in tune internally. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the thing which you were, I mean, what you were talking about this in the beginning about us being in recovery at the same time, you mm-hmm. know, starting that it's like, that is a ba- the basis. That's like our foundation. foundation of our relationship. Like, it's just great because you just always go back to that. Like mm-hmm. everything else means nothing. Like nothing. you can have like the, we can have these strong opinions about whatever the situation is and we can literally just stop everything with like hold on where's god in this like where where where's let's just stop where are we trying to have control where do we think our way is the way where do we where are we not letting our son just be exactly who he is in this moment where am i trying to manipulate control and have power over other things in my life yeah you know yeah 
<laughs> I think I think I do. Well, he's, he's you got to remember he's Funkel, two boys and a little girl that he lives with, so he knows as well. <laughs> Look at him though. He's I'm re- trying to think of like yeah, the, oh, your the kids have the power a, to a T. They totally have the power. Well, and your niece is so dark. Oh, well, cute. that's fine. Maya, she, I mean, she if can. she smiled at me and went, I would like a pony, I'd be like, oh, all right, I'm going to figure that yeah. out. Oh, my God, you guys. <laughs> I'm credit a soft credit cards. But my daughter, my daughter, I've gotten much better at just like no with a lot of things. But I really want to commend you guys, too. And I was explaining this to my kids. I had my son come out and help me refinish my daughter's dresser. Mm-hmm. Like, why, Dad? Why are you doing it? I'm like, are you a part of this house? Yeah. Okay. Well, this is something that is for this house. It might be for your sister, but you're a part of this house, so you're going to put some work in. Yeah. And after we're done with this, we're going to go rake the leaves because it's your front lawn too. So it's really commendable that I recommend is, you know, maybe, and I look back because parents, we do make mistakes like, God, I should have went with my gut mm-hmm. and got him on chores a little bit earlier, you know, but I was reflecting on my childhood like, oh, my dad used to make me scrub truck parts with solvent. That was so miserable. It's like, no, I actually have a pretty good work ethic, yeah. and it probably yeah. came yeah. from that, yeah. you know, yeah. and realizing I have to contribute. So, yeah. kudos on that. Hey. I love it. I would get a shoe He's the cutest little my guy. My mom's Mexican, so she, was, <laughs> she would throw the shoe if we did something or acted uh, up. And they did a really good job on that, too. I was thinking how you guys say don't have them pin against, oh, yeah. how do you explain it? Yeah. Yeah, pin, you, pin us against each other. There you go. Yeah. Um, my parents did a pretty good job at that, too. So, it's like I'm trying to relate, like, Everything you're doing, because I don't have kids, but I want kids someday eventually. So I'm just like taking it all in and thinking like video games. Would I allow video games? Like, I mean, I had video games, but I couldn't touch them until everything was done. So that was like my reward. It's just me. But I'm just like, but at the same time, it does escape from reality. So this is all good stuff. Hope a lot of these people get some yeah. good stuff they from will. this. Yeah. They will. <laughs> this is good. Should we do a couple random questions? We've never done a, the random yeah. with a yeah. with a couple. Let's All do right. It. These are just fun random questions. Okay. I'll try to give ones different than when you were on oh, the last I don't even time. I, oh, go, good. You just go for it. All right. <laughs> uh, one superpower. What would it be if you each had a superpower? Oh God, what would yours be? I would say in the past would be to be invisible. Like that would be like my thing in the past. Mm-hmm. It's something because I could just sort of disappear. Um, but now flying would be amazing. That's what I was going to say, flying. You're just copying. Like <laughs> just to soar through the sky or just to get to where you need to be quicker? Oh God, those oh. sound lovely. God, right? Either. Teleportation. Either yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that Teleportation. Yeah. No, I like that. I'm in New York. Now I'm in Paris. I like the idea of the flight over the teleportation because I'm like, I, that's one of the joys of travel, like taking it all yes. in. So it's like, oh, okay. It's journey. I just want to journey. It's destination. Destiny. It's the journey. Are you busting my balls? No, I'm I busting his love. balls. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Fuck that. I just want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> like when I'm in a plane, look down, it's like, oh my gosh, can we just get there? We're still there? Jeez. Which is true, because when we went to Philadelphia, what, a year ago now, and I'm looking out, I'm like, oh, there's lots of snow. And he's like, fuck off, I'm trying to sleep or whatever. <laughs> yes, there's snow. The ocean is so big. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm not there yet. How many fishes uh, do you think are in that thing? <laughs> Why did you throw like, so oh out? I know that Mark and um, Okay, if uh, you guys could have dinner with one person, living or not, anyone in the entire world, Oh, I would pick Jamie Lee Curtis because she is very 
talks about her recovery, and especially as a woman, not a lot of women come out about their recovery. Sure, and yeah. she has meetings on set in her trailer, and I just, I think she's just a badass. No. Like, she's gonna be pissed when she hears what I say. Oh no, I don't care. No, you will. Okay, go. Anthony Bourdain. <gasps> oh, I'm gonna be pissed. You're not there. Him. You're with her. You're with Jamie Lee Curtis, and me and Anthony <laughs> Bourdain are him. having dinner. He's, we just, we are just. We're obsessed with him. Yeah, and it's just. I mean, it was just, so sad. He died of love addiction too. Yeah. You guys, yeah. like, if you really look at his story, he, he wasn't drunk. He mm-hmm. wasn't using when he hung himself. It was over a relationship, and I don't think people understand is like underneath the chemical addiction is our addiction to people and that love addiction killed him that love addiction got him to hang himself in france in the most beautiful environment millions of dollars it doesn't fix you and i wish we could sit with him and be like you are okay without her sure you know oh i'm gonna cry sorry I don't even know him. <laughs> uh, no, I think we leave you guys with the final words, and thank you for coming and sharing as a couple. This was fun. This was, <laughs> this was yeah. fun. We had a good this time. This was good. Yeah, thank and you. I'm really I'm really glad that we got to a, meet you both in person and, and appreciate you coming and sharing this, because I think it's so imperative if there's you know people out there in those relationships and they can see it and you know realize, like, I've told even at someone that I went through a, a breakup with but what they kept asking me and they continually date people yeah. that are addicts usually of drugs but the underlying stuff and it's like do I make them drink it's like no but you're toxic right yeah. and you got some work to do yeah and it's exciting it is I mean I think the willingness to walk through the darkness and get to the other side and being willing to let go of each other and not hold on with your claws. So if anybody's struggling out there in a relationship, going through recovery, it's like you have to literally take your hands off and say whatever is in store for me will be better than where I am right now. And I think us both doing that, willing to walk through that darkness together but not try to fix it and surrender is what got us to the other side in 17 years in January, right? Yeah, and I think that the big big thing that started shifted, I think it was definitely after we were both in these new recovery programs together, mm-hmm. was we sort of took off the table, like the, the immediate thing of like, well, we could break up and it's done. Mm-hmm. Like we just sort of took that off the table. And so mm-hmm. what that did was it made, it forced us to show up and mm-hmm. like, you know, work it out. And cause then it was like, well, we could keep working it out until we know for sure it's not going to work out right. because f- for two people that have intimacy problems that you know are easily shut down that easily can you know feel abandoned yeah and do all that it's just like it was much easier for us to just go like well yeah this is a lot of work <laughs> I'm out work. I'm out you know what I mean this mm-hmm. is, and, and find the shiny thing over here yeah. and so for us to be able to stay and be able to you know be you know vulnerable and say this is you know I don't like the way you're acting. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, I don't like you right now. Yeah, exactly. I love you, but I don't like yeah. you right now. Yeah. Like, that's okay. Yeah. And we'll get to the other side of it. And I don't like how you're deal- dealing with this, but let's get to the other yeah. side. Let's compromise. And I think over-communication is yeah. the number one thing that has kept us yeah. together and on this path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, even when we don't understand what's the matter, just communicating, like, I don't, I'm upset, I'm feeling this, I don't know what's going on, mm-hmm. you know, and allowing our each other to have that process. Because every time we've done that. Yeah. 
we've had these amazing breakthroughs, breakthroughs from like these yeah. breakdowns of just like okay going to bed going wow okay i don't know how we're gonna get out of this mm -hmm. this yeah. feels like this is like a pretty much a deal breaker mm -hmm. you know and then the next day it's just like and we're just like on the other closer side yeah. you know mm -hmm. How closer can we get? I don't know, man. We'll see. Maybe wait. 20 years. <laughs> I mean, pretty soon I'll just be like this with you. Oh All right, we're going to cut right there. This is going to... That's our cue to cut it. There's <laughs> hotel rooms above this here uh, conference room. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. You guys are awesome. Thanks for Thank having you. me. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Miss Brianne Davis, Mark Gant, thank you for joining us. You guys are awesome. And hopefully if they come up to uh, see Mark's mom, who's a, a huge fan... Of the Knocking Doors Down podcast, they uh, stop on by the studio, maybe get another conversation in there. Yeah, that'd be cool. Great couple. Love talking to them. Absolutely. And uh, we thank you guys for listening to the Knocking Doors Down podcast again on Apple Podcast and Spotify, where you can subscribe. Of course, you can also rate us now there. Spotify does have a rate feature and it helps us get more notoriety. So please do us a favor, rate us on Apple Podcast and Spotify. We're also on Google Podcast, iHeart, Amazon Music. We are everywhere you can get podcasts. Everywhere, man. For sure. Anywhere. And uh, now you can uh, join the, our YouTube channel where you can get uh, clips of all the interviews if you want to watch those. Those are free, of course, by clicking that link in the podcast description. And if you want the podcast unedited, commercial-free, well, you can join the podcast premium channel on YouTube. Just 99 cents a month. All the past interviews that we have available in video form are up there now. So hit that link in the podcast description. Help us out. Helps us with our travel costs and all kinds of other things. And don't forget, get your copy of Carlos Vieira's autobiography, Knocking Doors Down. You pick up your copy of Knocking Doors Down now with all the proceeds benefiting the Carlos Vieira Foundation and its three programs, the Race to Be Drug-Free, Race for Autism, and Race to End the Stigma, which focuses on mental health within our community and gives back 100% of the proceeds. And, of course, it's about uh, the dark times that he went through, his struggles with cocaine, how he got on the other side, uh, started the uh, Carlos Vieira Foundation as well as the 5150 Lifestyle brand, and so much more. And it's uh, very insightful. Well, quick read took me about uh five six hours something like that and much like uh, uncle mikey i'm not a huge reader what most the of hell the time. is that was that a flex on how fast you can read that was a flex on how that fast was a flex. I can. it too. only took me 30 <laughs> minutes to read this book <laughs> fuck out of here <laughs> took me like three days anyways check it out the link is in the podcast description again 100 of the proceeds uh, go to a great cause anything else uncle mikey yeah one more thing Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm going home. On that note, keep knocking doors down. The guests on Knocking Doors Down are sharing their stories and helping start the conversation about mental health and therefore are working to end the stigma. This is the goal of our partner, the Carlos Vieira Foundation, through their Race to End the Stigma campaign. The Carlos Vieira Foundation created the Race to End the Stigma campaign to not only change the way people perceive those who are living with mental illness, but also how those who are affected perceive themselves. The Carlos Vieira Foundation strives to support the mental health community through education, fundraising, and facilitating resources. The main program through the Race to End the Stigma campaign is a college scholarship program that encourages high school seniors to share their stories about mental health in an effort to end the stigma. For more info on this and how to get involved, check out carlosvierafoundation.org.